And I think we are live now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to my 153rd episode of the Beast Mode Tech Tuesday. Sorry about me being slightly tardy. As a matter of fact, I was getting really excited with the guys back there. Testing this new 2020 Civic Si, doing some experimentation as I tend to love to do all the time. So good afternoon, everyone. Hello, P2XXX, good seeing you. Michael Orange, good seeing you. Hello, AJ, long time no see. Greetings, Metris. Hello, Tristan Hazard, good afternoon indeed, and thanks for joining me once again this afternoon. We're having a good time, and for those of you on YouTube, thank you for allowing me to use this as an archiving moment. And for those listening via podcasting, whether you're just relaxing, walking the dog, using the loo, working out, whatever the case may be, cooking, whatever the case may be, I really appreciate each and every one of you. Junkyard Hippie, hello. Computer Mike, greetings indeed. I, missed, I think I missed a couple of people. Promax Wheels, good afternoon. Thanks for joining as well. Thank you so much, Computer Mike. I appreciate the kind words and I appreciate doing that. And I have a bike here, but that's for something else. What's this buy a badge? I don't know, it's some new function that Instagram has where you can buy badges. I don't know, it's kind of weird. Anyway, I think it's something where if you appreciate what we do, you can actually financially share that you appreciate it, you know? 472G says he decided to do a school project on me. I really appreciate that indeed. Thank you so much. And speaking of school projects, today something I wanted to do with all of you is share some really cool information. My experiences, technology, what we're playing with back there, with the SI, the SoCal, Electrified SoCal Initiative, which has happened recently as well, which is great. Um, so let's talk about that first. And then I'll get to your BMW question, matter moo. So, Electrified SoCal, what is it exactly? Well, it's interesting because uh, there are local initiatives in the Southern California area in the excess of $430 million that have been released to put in charging stations all around Southern California. And this is great because you can put it in businesses, apartment complexes, and so on and so forth, and sometimes with little investment or no investment from the landowners. So it's cool because as California becomes more and more, uh, how should I say, commuter friendly, it's good to have charging stations to allow that to happen in business complexes, apartment buildings, so on and so forth. Now, if you guys are interested in having someone do that, if you have a, a, a land or you're a business owner or, or, or you're a landlord for someone, or you have influence or something in your business where you want one installed, feel free to go to this website. It's very, very simple. I had it written down somewhere here. It is the blinkcharging.com backslash, all in one word, electrify SoCal. Or if you want, why don't you go ahead and send me a DM and I'll set it up for you as well. Either way, but it's a great initiative where we can have chargers level two, Chatamo, CCS. We can have all these great charging systems all around Southern California, which is great. And with little or no expense from the landowner. So let me know. Great initiative. Thank you Blink Charging for actually taking a spearhead on this. Blink Charging is one of our technical partners and they are amazing when it comes to infrastructure that has to do a lot with charging stations and safety charging devices, which I love so much. Even the ones for the home. I think we have the HQ series on Amazon that's about $400 or so, which you can get 30% off still if you use this code of BCMoto30, all one word. So that being said, um, that can totally happen and I love their stuff. It doesn't look like a, a nasty refrigerator. It's actually a very beautiful black device and very elegant looking and, and increases property value in your home as well, which is good. Big Car Guy says, Cootie, dope. It's not the word for what you do. Really cool. Thank you so much. And speaking of dope, look behind me. See uh, some of my friends back there putting on a blow valve test. So there's this crazy test that I thought was a joke. But I guess it wasn't a joke. And, and I said, you know what? It's a myth about blow valves and 10th gen civics. So I'm going to do a test here in the house 
we already did something very clever when it comes to being able to get a baseline first, then when I switch over and I'm using my dyno to monitor all OBD parameters, and then I'm a setup on a stock setup as it is now. American Honda, thank you so much for providing this car to us to do this amazing myth bust. So above and beyond that, no matter what the data I get, I'm going to put more boost courtesy of a K-Tuner. So I have K-Tuner software, thank you K-Tuner for providing that license. We're going to raise the boost level and do the test again and see what happens. And I'm going to monitor, in particular, the wastegate duty, because the wastegate is what really does a great job in being able to determine and manage boost levels. And there's a silly rumor where there's another parameter involved, which we'll find out in a moment if that's true or not. I really think it's not. It doesn't make any logical sense. But we're going to get that going, which is great, you know? Shout out for Beastly Pushing Electric Motorsports, says Elvin321. Thank you so much. And you know, it's easier when you have technology at your, at your disposal, when you have great partners like Blink, Blink Charging, when I have all these great engineers around me that can assist in really creating these wonderful things, and us bringing motorsport aspects to, EV, to the EV world, where it's not just a computer vehicle, but something you can have a lot of fun with, and a lot of fun without the guilt, which is pretty exciting. Hello, Mr. Deuce. Greetings. Um, any plan to get involved with electric motorsports as part TKM19? Absolutely. Oh, there it is. So Blink Charging just put it up. BlinkCharging.com, Electrify SoCal. To get more information on how, whether it's apartment complex, businesses, we already have our complex set up to make sure that it happens here. And it's great because you can attract, in a, in a business complex, you can attract better tenants and retain tenants. It's great for employees and people who work there and even, even business owners to be able to have a place to charge. In apartment complexes, it can allow you to attract even more rent and even retain good tenants. It's a win-win. And like I said, once again, it's, Many times it's little or almost no expense on the part of the landowners, which is great. Ari Nathaniel is asking, how can I learn to tune ECU? Well, it's very, very easy. There are so many great classes out there. There's HPA, Horsepower Academy. There's a, the guys from Ankla who are doing also some good stuff in terms of, how should I say, uh, training. There's EFI 101. Those are good ways that you can learn from a reputable source how to tune. And then the next step is to get a vehicle that's very tuner-friendly. Get some software and play around with your vehicle yourself. Not with clients' cars, but your own car, you know? The EV Moto Autocross car needs to happen, says Andriki. I like how you think. Um, I've been eyeballing M2s, but that reliability, though. Well, you know what? That's, that's really interesting, because what is it, M2s, M3s, M4s, whatever the case may be, a lot of BMW performance vehicles are quite attractive, lots of fun to drive. And it's so weird. It's right at that 50,000-mile mark when the warranty goes out. All of a sudden, it just messes up, which is crazy, right? Um, but guess what? They have a very good warranty. So during the time you're in the warranty period, you can have a lot of fun with it and not have to worry, you know? Thank you so much, Dimitri F01. Thanks for the kind word. What is your all-time favorite build, says Elvin321? It is a tie between the Odyssey minivan, the Red Center Seat Twin Turbo Porsche, and the K3V. The van, because it's just something that American Honda allowed us to do that was just really off the wall. People are copying it now. I've been copying it for a while, but we did this crazy performance minivan for American Honda, in, uh, which we came from this, you know, Odyssey, no, no, this, this nice uh, wagon right here that I built. It's kind of the, this kind of sparked that whole kind of wagon van performance mindset I hear at BC Moto. So we did that for American Honda, and it was just amazing. It took off, got on Top Gear, Car Matchmaker, um, uh, Drive TV. Uh, Hot Wheels made of it. It's pretty, pretty cool. So it's, it's unique. So I like that a lot. Then the center seat, because my first center drive setup, and it was just so much fun to drive. Even Jay Leno loved it. Thought it was the most amazing thing he ever driven. 
And then last but not least, the EV, the 935 K3V is just absolutely amazing. It's just this performance platform that came to me because I didn't want to care about anything EV, but knowing that's where the market was going, I had to wrap my head around it and really embrace it, and it just blew all my expectations, blew my mind, and I love it. I drove it this morning, I'm gonna drive it this weekend. It's just a great car, you know? 2JZ Tundra says, I love listening and learning from you, BC. Class act, thank you, my pleasure indeed. I'm just trying to be that person that I needed when I was younger, because when I came to the United States, people just didn't want to help me, even though I knew a lot about, I wanted to learn a lot about vehicles, about what was going on with my vehicle, you know? So that being said, not having that influence is just only John Conciari from AEM who really took me under his wing, but it took me a long time to find him. A lot of people did not um, really want to help at all. It was just sad, you know? And then guess what? Now that I've accomplished quite a bit in the United States and I want to give back, I want to be that person for all of you that I needed when I was younger. And I, I'm just sharing everything I know, literally everything, guys. Knowing that technology continues to push forward and continues to evolve, and what I know today, I didn't know last week, and next month, I'll know more than I even know right now. It's a continuous learning process, so I have no problem sharing that with you. Emergency Hookers, good seeing you, brother. I love you. Where's my hug? <laughs> good seeing you. Hello, Ram Wookie 84 thank you so much. Um, no, Computer Mike, I don't think the video stopped. Let me know if you guys are having a hard time seeing or hearing from me. Please let me know, indeed. So, back here, Honda is at it again. They have this SI, which is like a performance version of the Civic line. Um, not quite as crazy as a Type R, not as lowly as a Sport, but right in the middle, like a sweet spot. And they sell more of these almost 10 times they sell Type Rs, which is great. And it's really, right now, it's a petrol vehicle, um, not an EV, Rio Miguel, and it has a small 1.5 liter engine, turbocharged. Really, lo really luxurious for an SI. It's so amazing how they, they've come such a long way with the Civic brand. It's just very nice. It has all these great safety features and lane warning assist and all that craziness. It's pretty good. But what's interesting is it's supposed to make anywhere from 205 to 208 horsepower. Just a baseline, it did 190 to the wheels. Baseline. Crazy, right? It's like crazy power with over 217 pound-foot of torque. So this thing is... Honda's underrating, which most manufacturers are doing now, and I can't wait to do a little bit more and see what can get out of this, which is great, you know? Pinch KNG says, do you modify every Porsche you own? I do, actually, from the 991 all the way to the 67912. Everyone is, is, is modified. Now, the least heavily modified, I would say, would be the slat nose. That just has an exhaust pulse chamber system on it. But the most advanced, most craziest, I guess, would be the 75. Uh, 930. That right there has a water-cooled engine and twin turbos. Oh, I guess, it's a, I guess it's a mix between the 930 and the K3V. I guess they're both heavily modified, you know, which is great, you know? Hi from Chile. Just got online. It says HJLM. Great videos. Thank you so much. I appreciate that indeed, you know? Um, how's the minifan doing? It's just sitting right there. We drove it last week. It's just sitting there collecting dust in the corner. Um, behind me here, I'll try to switch, forgive me, you guys on YouTube, but I'll try to switch you guys over here. But behind me, there's a, like a, a Mark III Super right here, and a Cayman up there, and a 99 1.2 right there, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so, Dealing at Designs has a good question. He's asking uh, a good question, a question that comes quite often. Could you explain how that pulse chamber works? Um, tell you what, give me a second, let me grab a prototype. The very first one I made is really crude, and I'll, I'll show you something. Just give me a quick second, guys, okay? Hang tight.
Okay. This is the very first Type R, no, not Type R, <laughs> post chamber ever made. I said Type R because I saw uh, Charles Hearn from Dream Automotive. Please tell Phil I said hi. Thank you guys are all the way in the UK, which is great. So this right here, see how dirty it is? Because we put this through a proper test. Proper test. So to answer the question how the post chamber works, it's very simple. See this tube right here? That right there? That is a Helmholtz tube. Now, air is a fluid. And just the same way water in a pond is a fluid, air has very similar properties. Similar, not exactly similar. So when you drop a pebble at the edge of a, edge of a lake and you see the wave travel on that lake, and get to the end of the lake, if it's a small lake, and come back, reflect back, the same thing happens with sound and air and all that good stuff. And air doesn't, has mass, but not as much as you would see with a fluid like water, but same thing happens. So here's what happens. When a sound wave travels down, or pulse wave travels down this exhaust system, it gets to the end of this pipe and reflects back. If you time that reflection back based upon the length of this tube, you can cancel a certain unwanted frequency. So what's very commonplace on Porsches, flat sixes, is drone at a certain RPM. When you're cruising about that 3,000, $3,500 uh, RPM, you have that drone. This was designed in such a way to be able to cancel out that drone. So out of that particular RPM, the frequency that's been generated, the wave that's been generated is put in a position where it travels down this tube reflects back and has now a similar wavelength but opposing opportunity, opposing wave to what's coming out. And it cancels out and makes no sound. So you can actually have a loud exhaust. Literally, this thing is barely baffled. It has barely anything in it. But you have this nice, quiet tone, which is amazing. And the same thing can happen with pulse waves in terms of the gas itself. You can pulse it. You can have a certain RPM where you can have a scavenged beta. It's just amazing. So. In essence, it's called a Helmholtz tube or resonator. You can read up on Helmholtz. Some OEMs use them, particularly on intakes, to get rid of intake roar. But I took it and used the technology and put it towards Porsches. And that being said, and I did, oh, I did with a Honda Fit too, and the Honda Civic, and the 964. I've done quite a few of them. The ones in the Honda Fit world, they didn't quite get it, so people liked it but didn't understand, like, oh, I don't get it. So, but the Porsche guys love it. It's just amazing, you know? Thanks so much, Godzilla. I appreciate the kind words. Um, Velocity N says, cheers. I see the Pirol is going to make oil filters any time from when they'll be released. I don't know yet. Um, I heard that too, uh, but I don't know. I can find out. I don't know offhand. I just buy whatever they have available. I love their stuff, you know? Thoughts about the Ford Fiesta ST? Um, I think it's an okay vehicle. Not a replacement for the RS, but it's a fun vehicle and quite tunable. Um, when I drive the Veloster N, it reminds me a lot of that European DNA that also exists in the ST. Um, and I've seen some clean examples here in Southern California, so I don't think they're bad cars at all. I just would prefer the all-wheel drive RS. Just my thing, you know? Could the post-chamber exhaust muffler be adjusted so it can fit on basically any other car, says Corvolt? Yes, you can easily make adapters to do that, but it wouldn't be optimized. Because different engines emanate different sounds and have drones at different RPMs and different cylinders and different characteristics, each post-chamber design is actually designed in particular for the type of engine, displacement, number of cylinders, drone capabilities, so on and so forth. 
as I mentioned, even OEMs use that in intake roar, and some of them have like, this short tube, some have a fat tube that looks like a T, some have a very long tubes, and it all depends on the characteristics of the engine. So it's not as easy as bolting one on. It takes a little bit more sleuthing to do that, you know, which is pretty good. The manager, thank you so much for the camera. I appreciate that. Um, and just adjust the length of the Renaissance cavity. Yeah, you could do that. Matter of fact, if someone was very clever, you can make a very good device. It could be cost prohibitive in such, such a way where this could be, I would say, in real time extended, like what you could see with like a trumpet. And that could do some really clever things, but it gets pretty expensive. And, and look at how this is. This is my first prototype. Look at how many times we cut it up. I don't know if you guys can see that. It's cut up so many times. It has like this Burns muffler. This right here is like, this muffler right here is worth more than what I sell the whole unit for nowadays, which is pretty crazy, you know? And it even has my old Big Smoke logo right there. See, really old, old logo, old design, which uh, my good friend Andrew Ritter redesigned for us, which is pretty good. Jay's like, hey, BC, great seeing you again. Post Chamber works awesome on the 987. Yes, he has one. Oh, you got approved. Wonderful, Jay. So Jay Detock, great guy. Um, Jason has this beautiful, Stormtrooper-looking 997 that he turbocharged. It's amazing. We did a pulse chamber right there. Based upon the characteristics of the engine, I know what length is ideal, so he doesn't have that weird drone. Uh, but beyond that, he did apply for the Pure sponsorship, which is still going on now. So Pure is one of our technical partners as well. They have this amazing compound in terms of oil for protection and power, and also heat and chemical resilience. Um, I may end up doing some testing here on the Civic SI as well afterwards, and it's just an amazing compound, unlike anything I've ever seen. They do a lot with the aerospace and the government. So they have brought that same aerospace kind of forward-thinking technology to the automotive world, and I've seen ridiculous power and protection. So they're offering sponsorships now. Wow, we have so many great things. So if you DM Purell and let them know I sent you, maybe you can get a similar sponsorship to what Jay got, which is pretty good. So what, what are some great information we have today? One, blink charging. They are offering this amazing electrical device SoCal initiative uh, advantage where you can, in apartment complexes or even your uh, office buildings, get charges installed for little or no cost. And they were able to post this, you know, blinkcharging.com backslash electrify SoCal. If you in SoCal want to take advantage of it or write to me, I can help. Two, on the blink charging, if you want one for your house, we can easily go on Amazon, look for the blink charging HQ. And with one word, BCMoto30, BCMoto30 is a, is a little code, you can get 30% off the charger and get some free credits with it, which is amazing, right? Then we talked about the Civic here that we're doing a test on the dyno right here, courtesy of American Honda, 2020 Civic. More power than I expected, better gearing than the previous generations, better gearing than 2019, just all around a better vehicle with some great safety features. And we're going to test this rumor or myth about blow valves hurting it. We're going to find out which I think is rubbish, but we'll find out soon. And then, last but not least, we have this great opportunity with Purell, allowing for an amazing sponsorship opportunity. So write to them and take full advantage of it, you know? Speaking of sponsorships, will you become an AMEV sponsor as strong as you are with Purell? Yes, I will. I will. Um, the AMEV stuff is so weird. I was at AM yesterday, and I dropped off a large drive unit to them for them to take apart. I had one that I was going to pretty much cut up, and it was still in one piece. I said, you know what? With all that I have going on here, <laughs> I have this, 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 this. That's crazy. Uh, maybe I can tap into my partners over there to have them do what we were planning on doing. So literally yesterday at 2.40 p.m., 2.41 p.m., I dropped off a large drive unit for them to 
Play around with it, which is good, you know? Boosted Ghost says, oxygenated E85. Always read 79 or less in my sensor. Is this because there's more oxygen molecules? It depends. Um, to be honest with you, where are you getting this from? Is it from VP? Because how the ethanol content works is it sends a laser-type light through the fluid, and how much is reflected determines the content. And that's just with a purity of ethanol and gasoline. Now, if the oxygenated compound or the olefin that's in there can affect how that is, re how that is rejected, then yes. There's something that you would have to explore just to verify. You can use the hygroscopic method of being able to determine what your content is because ethanol is very hygroscopic. It has affinity for water. You can go on online, Amazon, and buy this one small tube that allows you to do a water test for the E85. Now, that is very extremely accurate. That can put your mind at, at, at ease and let you know if it's a component of oxygenate or if it's really E79 or E80. So here's what you do. Go on Amazon, go on Summit, any of these speed shops, look for an ethanol testing kit. And what you do, it tells you, it's very simple to use. You have this tube and you pour in the ethanol up out of your fuel up onto the line and then you put in the balance in the water and you shake it around and then let it sit and it separates. And it will tell you by separation with some demarcations on that tube what the content is. That way, you can know for sure. That's what I would do in your case. Now, if it shows E85 there, guess what? Yes, your oxygenate component is causing that error or discrepancy. If it shows you E80, E79, guess what? Your gauge is correct and your fuel source is not ideal. Or you have to have a little talk with them. Hello, Lupin. <laughs> That's how you say it. Greetings, Johnny169. Thank you so much. Yeah, AJ helped me. He'd be impressed if you load the drive motor onto the truck by yourself. I did it. As a matter of fact, it was both uh, Miggy and I who put it in. And then when we went to AEM, they had these chains and I think they were probably M8 bolts that allowed them to like tap into the top of the drive unit and then forklift it off, which is pretty cool. Any thoughts on the Honda E? I think it's, it's actually quite an attractive car and Honda's right step in the right direction. I don't think it's available in North America. They're already having fun with it in, in the UK. As a matter of fact, I think even Dream Automotive, I think one of the representatives are here, already has one. So I think it's good. Ui Parse, I am doing great, thank you so much. The Real Capital G, good seeing you. Hello. Um, Elk is saying, I have a 1996 e, oh, C36 AMG I want to supercharge. Also, a standard shirt, standard shirt Kia Soul I want to turbo. I think it may be a standard issue, but yes, you can do both. Um, bear in mind that one-off projects can be a pretty penny, but it can definitely be done. You have access to superchargers where you're looking at something that's like a road tracks, or what's something you may see from the guys from, uh, what's a good, good brand here? Um, the centrifugal superchargers, Paxton. Um, you have all these other opportunities to do that. That's not a challenge at all. And turbocharging, of course, you have Turbonex and controls from TurboSmart and you have Precision and all these great companies. Can be done, but it does add up fairly quickly. Hello, BK2 Menace. Good seeing you. Um, the badge that makes every question go straight over your face. Oh, it does? I don't like that. I need to take that away. Um, I don't, I'm not going to do that badge thing anymore. It's annoying. If it's on my face, that's not good at all. Good to see you as well, Avery Dine. Good, good to see you. 
Good afternoon, Crap Emotion, who's right behind me and also here on my Instagram feed. <laughs> That's funny. Whipple says, Kevin, you would say Whipple, wouldn't you? Why stop there? Why stop with Whipple? You know? Your phone for, oh, you're good. Okay, welcome back, Uri Parse. Welcome back indeed, you know? Hey, BC, can you speak on long rod, mild stroke, drag engine benefits, all motor? Says King Mars. Yes. I think you meant um, long rod, mid stroke, drag engine benefits. Okay. I found a correlation years ago when I just did tons of experimentation around rod ratios and cylinder filling. And a cylinder filling could be accentuated by the cross-sectional area of the port. Now, what do I mean by that? That sounds like a lot of jargon, right? Let's take something as simple as a square motor. Okay, square motor, let's say 85 bore, 85 stroke. Okay, opposed to under square, we have um, you know, a smaller bore and a longer stroke like you see with D-series, 75 millimeter bore, 90 millimeter stroke, or an over square where you have a big bore like Porsche's, where you can have like a 100 millimeter bore and like an 85 stroke. Okay, so square motor, 85, 85. When the piston goes up to the top of the bore where combustion happens, you have that period of time where it just sits up there as the crank swings at the bottom of the arm, arm being the rod. That is called dwell. Now, if you want to make an engine super efficient, you want that dwell to stay there as long as it can. Because if you're at the combustion time frame, it sits there, allows for good combustion to happen, for it to happen evenly, and get ready to, for the piston to have work absorbed by combustion. If you're sweeping down and trying to get induction in place, as it does have that light dwell at the bottom, it gives enough time for the air to come in, in nice into the cylinder and fill up very nicely. So great for efficiency. A short stroke, on the other hand, I mean a short rod would, on the other hand, not dwell as long. A long rod would dwell for a long period of time. So that being said, in performance applications, it's always nice to have a long rod. Except there is something that is very interesting that's going on. What if you have a very, 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 very big carcinogen area port? and you want to begin that charge very quickly because it could be a bit lazy getting air inside it. That's where a long stroke and a relatively not so long rod can be an advantage. So you notice that when people do big strokes where it's 100 millimeter, 105, 110, 120, yeah, there's some guys doing 120 K-series, it's crazy, isn't it? They don't tend to get very, very uh, worried or concerned about rod stroke ratio because they feel like the stroke is good. But if you want to take full advantage of such a stroke, with a short rod, have a good cross-sectional area. So net-net, if you have the capability of having an intake system, a, a head port system that can fill up the cylinder very nicely, by all means, why don't you go ahead and, um, why don't you go ahead and, so why don't you go ahead and have a small port with a long rod and take full advantage of it. On the flip side, if you have an opportunity where you have a big cross-sectional airport, it's huge, square ports and you just need to, don't be too concerned because a long rod may work against you despite the advantages of side loading. Now if you have a mid-stroke, like I think that's what you mentioned earlier, you can take the best of both worlds. What I would do is get a head port that's really nice to prevent any friction losses from side loading, go as long as a rod you can stuff into there. Even if it means sometimes having a pin that goes into your oil rings and having some kind of border support or some kind of pin uh, bucket or better yet 
how do they say it, like a cap um, to allow you to like put a ring through it, or maybe you're good at two rings alone, you will see gains. So big, large stroke, don't get too concerned, especially cross-section area. Short stroke, mid-stroke, go as long as you can. Take advantage of that dwell, especially if your ports are not crazy. And then, above and beyond that, have the opportunity to get a good cylinder filling. So I hope that helps. First gen Honda Fit, would you boost the original L15A or swap the K-Series? Oh, by all means, there is no replacement for displacement, except for technology and EVs. But anyway, I digress. So yes, if I were your shoes and those are options, I would go with a K. So now, if you mean boosting the L15 or going at all-motor K, still may go K. <laughs> Hello, CT Designs, long-term no C. CT Designs has this beautiful S2000. He came here to get tuned recently and is now having a blast, you know? I'm planning on buying a Miata, says Lumpen, ump. And he says, um, at 14 years old, oh, nice. Do you have anything that I should watch out for when buying those except for rust? Well, definitely, if you have the capability, I would do a proper leak down on that setup. Engine on those cars, sometimes they're taken care of, many times they're abused, either because people just didn't want to maintain them or they're beating up on them and tracking them hard. I would do a proper leak down to check and see what's going on with that. Um, I'll look for fractional cracks around the suspension components or suspension pickup points. And I will check the coolant and the, under the oil cap for any kind of weird like colors, like if you have some kind of frothy or, or milky substance, especially on the oil cap, that means you have a blown head gasket, which when people don't take care of them and beat them up, tend to experience that, you know? See, this guy said he'll have a better blast when he gets that pump for the E85. I agree. So, he came here tuned north of 400 horsepower, but has a lot more in it because he was fuel limited. So by all means, you can make that happen. By all means. That one-to-one -one combustion to EV swap seems interesting. It, it really is. Um, Dilling, for those of you who don't know him, he's across the pond in Belgium. He designed the turbo fans on this beautiful blue wagon scene right there. He also worked with us to, with some turbo fans with some of our Hyundai projects, very talented individual. He even reinforced my belief in the Fusion 360 software because he loves it as well and got me to look at some parameters I didn't even care to look at before. So he's been a very positive influence on me. So that being said, he's a good guy, all around good guy, great guy. And I wanted him to join me on the first EV project, but I think he was tied up with some of the projects, but guys at Brickson did a good job nonetheless. But the EV stuff has really changed my life. It really has. It's just the, the torque is amazing. Me being able to have a lot of fun without the guilt. And I've never had so much attention with, without making noise. It's just the most amazing thing ever. And then I'm talking to the guys at TurboSmart to um, get some pumps. They have these really nice pumps that we can use for cooling in terms of the uh, batteries and also the inverter and motor and all that fun stuff. Stater, you know, which is good. Biggie Two Minutes, do you have any more Genesis Coupe I just may. I'll, I'll check. DM me and I'll see. I just may have some largest and maybe extra largest left. Very few, which is good, you know. Can you explain the science behind placing socks over the intake filters? Won't that restrict flow, says Texas Holyfield. So, great question. The socks, yes. <laughs> if you want to regular kind of socks or what you would see for a, like a spill control on a Massive cylinder, yes. But on the AEM Canon side, they have these drive flow protectors, and these kind of go over the filter element, 
and have a negligible, if any, effect on filtration or on breathability. So if you do a lot of off-roading, and in my case, I have turbos hanging out the back of the car, it's a bit of a challenge for me to be able to do something to keep rubbish and elements on, from getting on my pleats, and it gets harder and harder to clean out. But with those pre-filters, my goodness, they do a good job. And I just make this habit of every time I change my oil, I take the pre-filters off and wash them, clean them with the AM solution, and then put them back on. And so weird, they're so dirty, but then my filter behind, my pleated filters is clean. So it's like an extra layer of protection, which is great, but also doesn't impede flow at all, which is nice. But if you've got regular socks, then it could be a challenge, you know? I wish we had some mad garages in England, says Matthew Craven. I think you do. You know, coming to the NEC every January was a mecca for me. Prior to CES, I used to go to the auto sports show. And it's almost like, dare I say, the UK is like the center of the universe when it comes to all things motorsports. There are some sick facilities out there. Sick facilities, you know? AM versus Canon filters, what's your top pick? I like both. I really do. Um, there are applications where Canon exists that AM doesn't have. AM used to have a lot of truck stuff, but nowadays I don't think they have that many truck stuff, so I'll go with KN. On all my Porsches, I use AM filters. I mean, I, I like both. They have very good technology. Both of them are really, really good. You can't go wrong with either one. But I tend to focus more on my, you know, Porsche and Sport Compact stuff with the AM. And then for my crazy domestic stuff, I go with KN, which is pretty interesting, you know? Have you driven the new Turbo J series Acura is coming out with? Not quite yet. So we do get access to pre-production vehicles from Honda because of our relationship with them, but I plan on doing something very soon, but not quite yet. How safe are EV swaps? Pinch, when done right, everything can be safe, and that's with anything. So I've had cars come here with leaking fuel systems, with um, exhaust systems right next to the gas tanks, um, with gas tanks that are, not, that are vented towards a heat source. So even on petrol cars, and you're sitting on this crazy tank of flammable fluid, it could be a danger. Same thing with EVs. If you don't shield things properly, if you don't protect yourself well, if you don't have fuses and contactors where they should be, if you don't have a battery management system to keep things in check, if you don't have thermistors in your batteries to make sure that things are in, in check and be able to derate either charging or discharging, there's so many things that if you don't pay attention or have the right equipment to handle such high voltages and currents, you can really get very hurt very easily. So that being said, um, it's, it's really just, it's just scary. You know, it's just really scary. Um, every type of propulsion system has its, its, its pros and cons in terms of safety. And it's within our responsibility to make sure we do what's right, you know? Which one do you prefer, Toyota Super or GTR? Now, we're talking current models, I assume so. If I'm looking at the Mark V versus the new GTR, I would go GTR, believe it or not. I really would, you know? Where's your car from fastest car? Um, asks Joshua. So Joshua, forgive me guys, I'm gonna kind of move something around here and forgive me for those of you on YouTube, but I'm gonna show him the car from fastest car. So it is right over there, right there. Forgive me guys. So, uh, that's where it is. The car from fastest car is right there, chilling. <laughs> Kicking back, having a good time, relaxing per se. So I hope that helps. Joshua 9675. I wish I can grow up to be just like you. Actually, matter of fact, Jack Creasy, you can grow up to be better 
than myself. Much better. Um, I didn't have a me when I grew up. I didn't have access to technology that you have today. I'm, I'm just now doing things with rapid prototyping and testing and computer systems and all these things that I didn't have even when I was in school. If I want to draw something, that'd be so weird. AJ and I talked about it this weekend. We had to learn drafting. We had to draw everything by hand and pencil with a straight edge and on the drafting table. But nowadays, in the comfort of my office or I was in the back of the shop here, I can from scratch draw up something. Imagine something, draw it up in seconds, have it printing on my 3D printer and put it in the field. It's crazy, no? So that being said, it's really a good thing. Um, what batteries are you use, using EVs? I'm, I'm really partial to the uh, LG Chem batteries. And what do you use for BMS? I use Orion 2, BMS 2, by Ewood Energy. And I love it, because it allows me to do wonderful things. It allows me to limit what my, what my motor could demand. It allows me to limit discharge. It allows me to limit charging, especially when I charge my batteries all the way up. I don't want to keep with regen pumping in current into it when I don't have to. I don't have to keep recharging it when it's full. It's full. So it limits what I can regen into it until the time comes for me to be able to charge it back up, keeping my battery safe. If I'm charging, whether I'm doing fast charging or, or level two charging or level one charging, if my battery temperatures get up, it can limit the amount of current going to the batteries to allow me to charge that limitation. It also, during charging, allows me to balance my cells. So if I have a cell that's really weak, it allows me to like, kind of bring them all up to spec so I can get the most use out of them. So it's really good. It's really good indeed. Elio is asking, do you have a mechanical engineering background? Believe it or not, I have a chemical engineering background. And even though I took a lot of electives in mechanical engineering, I am a chemical engineer. And it's very good for me because it allowed me a very strong basis in different facets of engineering, which is absolutely fantastic. You're absolutely legend. Thank you for your advice. My pleasure indeed, Jack Creasy. I appreciate the kind words. Have you modified the engine, the Wankel? No, I have not. Um, even though we have a relationship with Mazda, I haven't had the honor of building a car for them. And I would love to build a petrol Mazda, maybe a you know, Skyactiv or something like that, and then also cherish the opportunity to build my very first Wankel, because I love the simplicity of those motors. I love the lightweight. I don't mind the sound. It sounds pretty good for me, which is great, you know? Kemi's are strange, says the strange Emmy. We make fun of you, Emmy guys. <laughs> Love your work, brother, says uh, Devilish KK from Pakistan. Thanks so much for joining, indeed. Good morning, Sleeper versus Flash. Good seeing you, indeed. Have you seen the Sazinger 21C? Yes, I have. That thing is pretty freaking cool. Now, I haven't seen it firsthand, but I've seen a lot of photos online. It's a, I, I like how that car looks. We were just talking about that vehicle with our friends from Brixton Forge a week and a half ago or so, you know? Is there a wait list for tuning? Absolutely, there is. Um, and it's getting bananas. I'm getting to a point where I'm getting almost overwhelmed with projects. That one has to go to paint in, oh, tomorrow. This one has to definitely get worked on tomorrow as well. This one is behind schedule and needs to be brought up to speed. This one needs to be brought up to speed as well. I need to finish with that today. Um, I have this Audi R8 I'm waiting for EC on. That Civic has to be done. There's another drag Civic that has to be done by the weekend. It's, it's crazy. So that being said, a lot to do. And it takes me away from my own personal passion projects, but customers first. Do you think the supercapacitors would be the future of EV? Fast charge is the key? I don't know. Maybe not just supercapacitors, but batteries with um, not as rare earth metals inside of them. And you know, right now, we can do, have a lot of fun. Oh, density, energy density. That is something that's going to improve on very nicely. Maybe also density with cells for panels, for solar panels, could help quite a bit as well. 
But right now with CCS, with Chatmo, we have access to some pretty good quick charging setups now. Even on my own K3V, I can fully charge in 43 minutes and get to 80% of charge completely depleted in 30 minutes, which is amazing, you know? One question, what is the best engine swap, a Honda EK3, B18C2, or H22? Now, if you want aftermarket support and ease of installation, definitely the B18C would be the way to go. But if you like the advantage of a bigger displacement setup, with also the grunt of an H22, coupled with the, oh my goodness, that's a different factor, H22s are very nice and kind of underrated. Um, I have a bone stock H23 over there that with a leak cylinder, literally, I'm telling you guys, one dead cylinder, with some Turbinex turbochargers and, and, and controls from TurboSmart, made 423. Eyes closed, stock motor. It's crazy, huh? So there's a lot of opportunity there. But speaking of opportunity, guys, I may just have to depart. Um, I appreciate you joining me on this 153rd episode of BCMO Tech Tuesday. Remember what we talked about today? I talked about the SoCal, Electrified SoCal Initiative with Blink Charging, and I gave the site for the Blink, and if you want to be able to get your landlord or your business place to get involved, DM me or go to blinkcharging.com backslash electrified SoCal, all one word. Take advantage of the HQ charging discount on Amazon for the Blink Charging HQ. It is BC Moto, all one word, BC Moto 3-0 to get 30% off and still get an amazing credit. And the thing is beautiful. Above and beyond that, Puro is offering sponsorships for oil, so make sure that you hit them up here on Instagram and they will sponsor. Tell them BC sent you. They'd like to make me happy. So they can definitely take full advantage of that. But guys, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for this opportunity for me to be there for you. Technology continues to improve. Have a great afternoon. This should be up here on Instagram indefinitely. I'll have it on YouTube in about a week. And right after this, I'll also have it on your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it is Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, any of your, four, your very popular ones, just type in BC Moto and we will come up. All right, guys, have a great one. Have a blessed day. Take care, cheers, and stay safe. Bye-bye.